Hi and welcome to Personal Finance with Phil Anderson, the podcast designed to give you all the financial advice you'll ever need, especially right now as we try to release ourselves from the grip of the coronavirus pandemic which has swept the world. The health implications there for everyone to see, but a little further down that road, I think we're all now starting to fear the worst financially uh, and that's why Phil's here to take your hand and kind of tell you it's all right, I guess. Is that pretty much summing up, Phil? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's good to be here. And thanks for, for joining us as well today, John. You're welcome. Uh, today, we're, we're talking redundancy and what to do next. I imagine, um, much like me, having your ear to the ground in this part of the world, in the north and the northeast of Scotland, you'll be hearing quite a common tale of uh, companies who've furloughed their staff, now looking at the longer term and actually wondering if they'll be able to take them all back or, or worse still, will they even be able to operate? I'm not scaremongering, but redundancies are going to take a sharp increase, aren't they? I think so. Unfortunately, I've seen it quite a lot recently already, and um, I fear that things will get a wee bit worse. Um, even just speaking to some of my own pals, I, I've got one that works for, for Expo. He's worried about things there. He thinks that he'll get made redundant. Um, the oil price is, is coming a, having an impact there. Um, I've got another friend who delivers cash to cash machines, the banks. He's, he's really worried because... Um, at the minute, people are not using cash the same. It's all contactless payments, so um, there's going to be, be changes there. And, um, another lassie that I used to work with, she'd worked at a firm for 14 years, really loyal person. And um, it's a shame when I found out just a, a couple of weeks ago that she'd got paid off as well. Um, really hard worker and um, seen it more and more, unfortunately. And you've got things like the, the oil kind of, price impacting on things um, still maybe a wee bit uncertainty about Brexit it seems to have disappeared off the radar just now after being <laughs> not for long <laughs> but, um, and then the, the kind of coronavirus the, the implications of that so unfortunately it is it's, it's a, not good times at the minute and I guess there'll be a lot of people worrying about their, their jobs and job security yeah. the next wee while Let's assume the worst. Let's say uh, you're made redundant and a, a bit like a, a hot air balloonist wanting to stay afloat in there. You, you're probably thinking you're going to have to jettison stuff. In this case, whatever you can from your budget. Um, what, what can you do if you're in financial difficulties? I, I would say that the first thing I would do would be to, to review my outgoings. So I would look, first of all, probably put into two categories, all the essential outgoings and say, right, what things do I have to have and, and have to pay? Um, and then look at the discretionary outgoings to see if you can, can cut some of them. Um, so that would be the first thing that I, I would look at doing myself personally. I suppose the, the, the biggest outlay most folk have is their mortgage, really, isn't it? What, what, yeah. what can you do there? One, one of the things you, you'll tend to find, like, even in normal times, some lenders will have the option for taking mortgage payment holidays. Um, one, for example, that, that I know, um, they used to do it where if you made 10 consecutive monthly payments, they would let you take up to two months off. Now, that was under kind of normal times. At the minute, um, you, you'll tend to find the majority will allow people to take mortgage payment holidays just now. Um, they were doing it automatically up until recently, but you tend to find at the moment um, mortgage lenders are doing it more on a case-by-case basis. Um, so initially, they'll, they'll let you take three months off paying the mortgage, um, and then after another three months, some are, are letting you do it up to a period of six months there. So that's that's helping some people out just now, um, giving them a wee bit of extra money to, to see them by each month. 
Um, presumably, you can't stave off the uh, the mortgage lender indefinitely. Are there any potential downsides for you in the longer term? I guess the, the biggest downside is if you keep missing payments on things. Like it, it's fine if, if you take a payment holiday, that won't impact on your your credit rating. But if if over the longer term you're not paying things, whether it be the mortgage or credit cards or bills. Ultimately, that's going to have an impact on your credit report and your credit score, um, which will then make it difficult to get things in the future. Plus, with a, a mortgage or secured loan, if you're not paying them, your home could be at risk at some point as well, which which isn't so good. Um, if, if someone's really desperately struggling, um, the mortgage is the one thing that you want to keep on paying because you don't want to lose the, the roof over your head. Um, and if it got to a point where you couldn't pay things, it's not ideal, but things like your credit cards would maybe be the sort of ones that you wouldn't pay first of all. But um, that's that's not a situation. Ideally, you don't want to get in, but unfortunately for some people, they, they will get into that situation. I, I would always say being upfront with the, the companies is, is the good thing to do as well. Um, just telling them what the situation is. And some, some companies will make arrangements with you to even like maybe pay over a longer period or at least they'll get some money back. Um, I have seen some people speak to, to specialist debt companies um, in the past, I've, I've put people in touch with, with them and they, they can set up things like um, a DAS, a debt arrangement, scheme um so there, there is options if someone is in quite harsh financial difficulties now, when we were looking at, at talking about uh, redundancies and and the mortgage implication in particular i noticed you wrote down on a piece of paper mortgage payment protection plans and i thought isn't that the stuff that the entire world and their dog were claiming back for the last few years it's not the same is it it's good to, to review the, if someone is made redundant, it's a good time to review their protection policies because let's say they've got income protection. Um, so you, you can get unemployment cover as well. So if someone has got that already, there may be that they, they can make a claim on that if they've been made redundant. But um, if, if you've lost your job, you might find, you might think oh, there's no point paying for, for income protection cover. Um, another thing as well is that Reviewing the protection policies are important because that's often one of the first things to go. I've tended to find in the past that folk have thought, what's this policy I've got here? What's that one there? And they'll maybe cancel those. But again, it's good to review it because let's say you'd had any health issues, you might struggle to get cover again in the future. So it may be better if you can afford to keep some of them going. Um, that's where it's maybe worth sitting down with, with maybe a financial advisor to say, right, what have I got? What do I need to keep? What can go? What can stay? Um, so it's, it's a good time to sit down and just have a, a review of everything. And just on that that mortgage uh, payment protection one itself, specifically, yeah. what, what, what is it? How does it help? How much does it cost on average? You've got, the, there's a few different types of policies that you can get. Um, you, you can get like income protection cover that pays out more on a, a short-term basis. Um, you, you can get cover for, say, £1,000 a month, which would maybe cost £10 a month. Um, it, it can vary quite a bit. At, at the moment, we're, we're tending to find that it's very difficult to get unemployment cover just now. Um, it, it used to be that... To, that was something that you could get relatively easily and at a reasonable enough kind of cost. But um, because of the, the impact of 
COVID-19 and, and things. Um, a lot of the insurers have kind of cut back on that just now. Would, would unemployment cover actually protect you against something like coronavirus, a pandemic anyway? It depends the wording in the policies. You, right. you will tend to find some some policies will still pay out and there may be some that have maybe got exclusions in there. So again, it would be worth just checking the, the individual policies to see what was covered. Okay. Uh, age can be a significant factor when it comes to redundancy. I know not least from, from your own feelings, you get older that you'll be less employable, but there are potentially positive financial aspects as well. We'll come on to that a little bit later, but let's assume you're at the younger end of the market for now. Maybe you've got young family. That only adds to the worry if you're laid off. Any good news on that front, Phil, in terms of um, implications for things like child maintenance with specific regard to redundancy? Child maintenance is something that, that can be impacted quite severely if someone's made redundant. Um, for the the parent for the parent paying the money, um, then obviously their, their payments are going to go down. So that saves them paying out quite so much per month. Um, so that's one outgoing that would reduce for, for them. But for the receiving payment, it also have a, has an impact on them as well. So um, if someone's used to getting a payment in for their, their kids, mm-hmm. um, someone being made redundant is going to have a, a big impact on that. So I guess the, there's positives and negatives. Um, I know as a dad myself who, who pays maintenance, that's always something I want to make sure is up to date and th- because it's for the kids. At the well, exactly. The they're, the, they're the ones that benefit or, or suffer as a result, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. And it is, that's one of the unfortunate things when someone's paid off is that not only has it an impact on them, but has an impact on people around them yeah. as well, yeah. which is is a pity. What about the benefits you can claim then? How quickly, if you're made redundant, how quickly can you access those and how long for? I say someone being made redundant, the, the main one that they would be able to claim would be job seekers allowance. Um, there, there might also be a eligible for some of the, I think it's called universal credit now. Um, I think that's designed for people on, on low incomes, but the, the job seekers allowance, the, the amounts that you get um, for, for someone up to age 24, they, they get £58.90 per week. And if you're 25 and over, it's £74.35 per week. So the amounts there, I mean, that's £74.35 a week equates to £322 a month. So it's not a lot to, to live off there, which is not so so good. Um, that gets paid fortnightly. Um, so someone would get that every couple of weeks. Um, I'm not sure how long it would take to set up. I'm assuming maybe a week or two until you got your, your first payment through as well. But um, it is, it's, I know if someone turned out to me and said, right, you're getting £322 to, to live a month, Craigie, that would be hard going. I suppose you know it's it's better than than the alternative, which is which is zero if you've been made redundant. But three hundred and twenty-two is, is is something. I suppose as well, um, if there is going to be an upsurge in in redundancies, it may take that little bit longer before it filters down. Yeah, to you. Um, I know the. I was going to say, just probably the best thing where if, if someone is made redundant, I would recommend that they got when and spoke to the like Job Centre Plus, they'd be able to keep them right with just exactly what they would get. I think the, the Job Seekers Allowance is payable for, for six months, I think, initially, mm. is, is how that works. But um, definitely best speaking to the, the benefits agencies, Job Centre Plus, just to see what, um, what benefits you could get, because anything is better than, than nothing as well. Um, 
on pensions, I mentioned earlier that there may be some better news if you happen to be older um, and you're made redundant with reference to pensions. How does that work? What are the options and from what age? And is it specifically for private pension plans? One, one of the things, once you get to age 55, okay. you can then access, if you've got what's called a, two, two main kinds of pensions, you've got a defined benefit pension, which is your final salary schemes, um, and then you've got a defined contribution pension, which is more like your, your personal pension. So if someone's got a, a personal pension, they, they can usually draw the benefits from that from age 55. And that's something I see quite a lot um, in, in my work is that someone over the age of 55, they've maybe been made redundant, they've maybe got a little bit of savings, they think, right, I've got some money to kind of get by, but how am I going to like, keep up the lifestyle that I've become accustomed to? So if, if you're over the age of 55, um, there's a good chance it would be possible to, to draw money out of your pensions. Um, so with, with that, um, you, you're able to take up to 25% as a, a tax-free lump sum out. Um, so you've got options where you can draw kind of money out of the, the pension. If, if you're in a final salary pension scheme, uh, you may be able to take that early, but again, that's got impact on what you get somewhere later down the line. Yeah, yeah. And you said... That the- Twenty was it twenty five percent tax free? Is that what you said there? Yeah, the you, you get um, you're allowed to take twenty five percent of your pension fund usually as a, a tax free lump sum. Most final salary schemes will also pay out a, a tax free lump sum as well. But um, you, you get some pensions where you're entitled to, to a higher tax free amount. Um, but generally, for most of them, you're, you're allowed to take twenty five percent out as a tax free amount. The, you can actually do it as a, a lump sum. Or you could do that as like a regular withdrawal out of it as well. So the, the pensions are very flexible. I, I'd say one of the downsides about taking money out of your pension is that it is for your retirement. You're robbing I, I yourself. A few years, I know. Yeah. I, I saw it a few years back, like when, when the oil downturn came a few years ago, we were getting a lot of people, especially in the oil industry, getting paid off over the age of 55, I think. Some, some would maybe think, right, I'll go and just get a part-time job and I'll top that up by drawing money out of my pension. But the more you draw out now, the less you're going to have at some point in the future. And the, the thing with a pension is it is designed to provide you with an income once you stop working. I suppose, uh, as you say, for, for a lot of people using that option, it's not the preferred choice necessarily. Presumably they want to keep that nest egg for, for when they were planning retirement. But... For those who are fortunate enough to be not too badly affected uh, from removing money from their pension, could they look at maybe topping it up by perhaps investing some of the money they receive? They can. I mean, we, we've had some people, they, they'll take, for example, the tax-free lump sum out. Um, they'll maybe put that into something and then draw an income from that. You, you've got quite a lot of tools available there. You, you've got ISAs that they can put it into. You, you can put them into various investment bonds, which can be set up in a way where you can draw a tax-free income from, from that part as well. It's good to look at the pros and cons. So if, if you are taking money out of your pension, one, one thing that you can do is you could still save money into a pension, but the downside is you're then restricted. If, once you start taking money out of your pension pots, once you start taking an income from it, they reduce it to £4,000 a year that you can pay back into a pension. Okay. So that's that's one thing that people have got to kind of watch. And that's why it's good. I, I'd probably say anybody in that sort of position should really be seeking financial advice yeah. from, from a yeah. financial advisor doing that. 
Let's look at um, redundancy payments, Phil. Um, is there any way, you see, I, I've been self-employed for, for 30 years. I've never been made redundant, thankfully. But yeah. is there any way that you can be made redundant and not receive a financial settlement? The, with, with the, there, there's generally quite a number of redundancy calculators online, which are quite good for, for showing people what they would get. One, one of the things to be wary of or, wary, or be mindful of as well is that if you're getting a redundancy payment, the first £30,000 is tax-free. Okay. So um, that, that's one thing. Like I, I have came across folk who have had more payments and more than that, but anything over the 30000 is is taxable. But uh, most, most businesses should really keep... They, they tend to have HR departments that will keep full right with what they can get, how much they'll they'll get, and they, they tend to have the processes that they've got to follow as well. But I know that there's quite a few redundancy calculators online that, that you can work out what it, it would be that you would get as well. But yeah, it's that's kind of there. I, I, you said 30k uh, as a redundancy settlement. Anything above that, you're taxed on. And you mentioned things like um, various tools like ICES a, a couple of moments ago. Anything that you can do to reduce how much you'll have to pay, ICES, that kind of stuff? Yeah, one, one of the things, if you're getting a payment of over 30000 if you pay money into a pension, that can, can reduce your tax liability. But the, the employers can also do something called redundancy sacrifice. So... Let's say your payment was £35,000. You would have to pay tax on the amount over the, the 30000 So what you can do is you might think, right, I'll pay, a, a contribute, pay the £5,000 into my pension pot, um, and that reduces the redundancy that you get. Now, you, you get tax relief on the, the monies there, which kind of adds to the, the amount going in. But again, if someone's over the age of 55, they could actually pay the money into the pension, take 25% out, as the tax-free lump sum, and then they've got an additional amount which they can draw on at some point. Various, the older you are, it sounds like there's, there are more little strings and mechanisms that you can uh, yeah, access. Yeah, kind of like more, not so much more implications, but definitely it's good seeking advice to, to kind of look at your own situation and say, right, what's going to be best for me? What do I want to do? I guess as well, everybody's situation is so different. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got some people with big pension pots, little pension pots, different types of pensions out there. So it's, it's definitely good kind of exploring all the, the different options that's relevant to you. Uh, we, we touched briefly on um, unemployment cover earlier. I'm going to go back to that again because I'm never afraid yeah. to ask what might appear to be a stupid question. Let's say that I'm employed right now, maybe furloughed or whatever, but it's still technically yeah. employed. Can I uh, and should I take out any form of cover to ensure me against being made redundant right now? At the moment, I, I had a search earlier today just to see. Um, I put in my own details and I thought, right, I'm going to search some places to see what comes up. Um, and I wasn't getting any coming up at all. Even if, let's say this had been six months ago, you you, that, you would have got insurers doing unemployment insurance, although you tend to find some might have restrictions for example, if they think the oil industry is having a downturn, they might put restrictions on oil workers getting cover. But at, at the moment, it looks like it's very, very difficult to get unemployment cover just at the, for the time being. Okay, let, let, let's go forward um, to a period where they keep calling it the new normal. Will, if unemployment cover comes back on the market, do you think it will typically cost more in the future because of this pandemic? 
I would expect so. They, that, that's one thing that the insurers will do is they weigh up the risk and think, right, what's the likelihood of us paying out the claims? And, and you tend to find if they think that they're going to pay out more claims and the premiums tend to go up. Um, but not only that, they, they may impose extra restrictions on cover as well. So they may say, right, we'll offer you unemployment cover, but then they may put a restriction saying if it's because of a virus, for example, we won't pay out. So, yeah. so I think, yeah, I, I think there's a good chance we may see the, the cost of that sort of thing go up a bit in the future or restrictions on the cover imposed. Here's something I know you're, you're keen to mention from a personal point of view when it comes to redundancy is to be positive. I'm thankfully as yet never been made redundant, touch wood, but I know you have. Uh, and in this case, it was kind of a, a launch pad moment, wasn't it? Tell me the backstory for that. Was for me, I, I worked um, as a financial advisor at a firm. I was, I was there a few years and I felt quite settled. Used to, to take in quite a bit for them, did well. Um, and then during the, the first sort of property downturn, when would that be? Maybe about 11 years ago, I, I got paid off. Didn't really expect it. That was the thing. Um, I always thought was, oh, there'll be other folk who'll get the, the chop before I will. But um, unfortunately for me, it kind of probably where I was based more than anything was the reason that I got the bullet. And it was tough. Um, my, my second son was only two, three weeks old. So at, at the time I was thinking, oh no, what am I going to do? It's like, it just wasn't in the plan for that year at all. And I, I guess for me, I, I kind of thought, I was like, right, I'll go and get a job. I got offered a job with, with the Royal Bank of Scotland and probably just as well I didn't take it because not long after they kind of started to have their troubles then as well. But for me, I thought, right, go out on my own, see how it goes. Um, if it doesn't work out, I'll get a job. And then... Um, it was a push that I needed to, to really go out on my own. And I've never looked back since. There was a lot of hard graft, especially in the early years, but kind of reaped the rewards over the last few years. And sometimes I think would have eventually have set up on my own. I don't know. It's a hard question to answer, but um, sometimes something comes up and you think that it's it's kind of a negative situation, but it's trying to make the positives out of it. And I know a lot of people will, will find things very hard. Like I, I know when your your income goes down, it is a, a difficult thing to to kind of plan for and a difficult thing to happen. But I suppose there's positives as well. Like if 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 you are maybe made redundant. You maybe spend a bit more time with family. Then again, the way things have gone the last week, while focus spending <laughs> time with some family than, than others. But yeah, it, I know for me personally, getting made redundant turned out to be one of the best things that, that ever happened for me. Um, and I know quite a few other people in the same position. They've start, started up different businesses. They've gone into different careers. I, I know people... And I, I still think financial services is a great thing to get into. I, I listened to a podcast just the other day, and it was saying that there's 27,000 mortgage and financial advisors in the UK, and they expected that 10,000 of them are going to leave the industry and retire within the next 10 years. And I, I, I don't know, that leaves a massive kind of gap there. And I, I've seen, I, I regularly get people contacting me on things like LinkedIn saying, look, I'm, I'm quite keen to maybe have a career change. Um, I've worked in the oil industry and now I want to, to look at maybe becoming a mortgage advisor or financial advisor. So hey, you just never know. Sometimes things happen for a reason and it is, it's trying to be positive about stuff as well. I suppose a couple of things there um, that crossed my mind as you were talking about that. Um, one, 
if you've been there, it probably means that you're you're more uh, acutely tuned into the idea of someone else coming to you and saying, I've been made redundant, what do I do? And you think, well, I've done this. So in my own case, yeah. the first thing I did was this, 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 and this. Um, and the other thing was, I remember you telling me before that you know you sort of started out and you were you're working out your kitchen or whatever at the at the kitchen yeah. table, uh, kids running around, you know, dishes over here, um, and it, it it gradually grew. Tell me the point that you're at now in terms of sort of offices around the northeast of Scotland, and then where you hope it will go afterwards. Yeah, I mean for for us, we we've been uh, it'll be ten years this year since I set up the the business. And um, just now we've got eight members of staff. We were up to 12 at one point last year with a couple leave for, for various reasons. And I don't think it'll be long before we, we kind of look to replace them and get more staff in. Th- things have gone really well. I mean, I, I, I look at where we were even like five years ago. It just Things keep just growing and growing more and more for us. And the, part of it's luck, part of it's down to, to hard work. But we, we've got offices. Our main office is based in Ellen in Aberdeenshire. Got an advisor up in Caithness. I'd like to, to grow the business more up in that neck of the woods. Um, just so few financial advisors up up that way. Um, we've got an office in Aberdeen that we use, but we also have, I call them virtual offices, but the, the good thing is with that offices, we, we can book a room and see people there as well. But I, I think going forward, a lot more will get done. I suppose it's quite old fashioned to do things on the telephone these days, but um, by Zoom, Skype, Teams, all of these sort of things, um, I, I can see that becoming almost like the, the new normal in, yeah. in what we do. Um, a lot of our guys will do home appointments as well, but they're very accessible to, to people. So if folk do have any questions, there's always somebody able to get in touch with them relatively quickly. I know you've always found inspiration through various people that you admire, and you're quite the fan of a, an inspirational quote or two. Have you got one that, that kind of fits for our subject matter today, a word or two of wisdom to take away from a podcast focusing on the, the financial aspects of redundancy? My, my, my quote of the week this week's from a chap called Zig Ziglar. Um, he was a motivational speaker back in the day, but um, his quote is, stop being afraid of what could go wrong and start being positive about what could go right. And I, I don't know, like it is, redundancy is an awful thing. I've been through it myself um, and it can be very difficult, but um, you've got to try and see the light at the end of the tunnel, try and be positive. And um, if you need help, ask for it. That, that's the thing. Try, there is a lot of people out there that will try and, and help you if, if that was the, the situation that you're in. Just as an aside, I wonder where, when you saw that quote first, where you were on your own journey and, and, and how you benefited from it. I say for me, I think probably around about the time that I was made unemployed because back then I used to, I was always looking for like bits of inspiration, but it's easy to kind of, when things aren't going well, you, your head goes down a bit and they feel sorry for yourself, but you can go on a, a sort of downward spiral. And I know for me, it's always trying to think, right, let's try and stay positive and try and keep things going on an upward sort of trajectory. And it is trying, trying to be positive. It's not always easy, but I think it makes a, a big difference. I know for me personally. Okay. Well, let's summarize on, on this episode, um, redundancy and what to do next. Let's start with those who are still technically employed, but fearing redundancy. What, what should they be doing right now to help themselves in the future? 
I, I would say, like, good to, to speak to someone. Um, you tend to find some financial advisors are more looking to deal with people, high net worth folk, um, people looking to invest in, in things. But you, you will get quite a number of financial advisors who are, are happy just to try and help people. And I, I must admit, when, when I used to, to see clients, that was something that I always was, was keen to do because I love helping people. And that, that was one of the reasons I wanted to start doing the, the podcast was I want to try and use my experiences where I can try and help folk. And if anyone is like in, in any difficulties or if anyone is looking for, for any kind of guidance or advice on any of the, the things that we spoke about to, today, um, certainly if they got in touch with us, I, I'd be delighted to try and help them out. And not so much from a sense of trying to get business for my work, but more just to help people. That, that's what I'm kind of in this to, to do, really enjoy helping people. And so, yeah, the, the first thing I would say would be really to, to try and sit down with someone, or may sit down with them at the minute, but um, even sit down with them over a, a Zoom call or something or, or telephone call and, and see what we, what we can do to, to help. And is it the same advice for, for someone who knows or that they're going to be made or they have been made redundant, or does it differ? That advice. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say when, when someone is made redundant, uh, if they have a mortgage, for example, we can help them there because we've got um, a big spreadsheet with all the contact numbers for, for all the lenders and the people they would need to speak to about things like payment holidays. I, I was quite staggered. Neil, who's our main mortgage advisor, he reckons that about half of our clients took a payment holiday this last few months. Um, I, I didn't think the figure would be as high as that, but um, that, that was what he said because... Um, I was asking him before we, we recorded this today, I was like, have you had many people asking about them? We, we got a spreadsheet drawn up um, and on that it's got the, the numbers that people would phone regardless of which lender it is. We, we've got numbers, I think, for just about every lender. Um, so we can even help save folk a wee bit of time because going on the, the websites for some of the companies, try to find who you need to speak to or you get murdered. <laughs> I told the speaker. Else. And the worst thing is, at the minute, a lot of the banks and building societies, their staff's working from home. So you maybe get put through to some, the wrong person and all yeah. of a sudden it's like, oh, sorry, I can't transfer you, but phone this number. And you're like, ah, just spent half an hour trying to get through to you. So even in that regard, we can help. We've got the, all the contact numbers that, that we can pass on to people to say, look, they might not speak to us directly, but at least this is the department that you need to speak to and here's their telephone number. I'm Jim Ellis. Uh, thanks for joining Phil and myself on the podcast. And if you feel you need a helping hand uh, with anything we've been discussing or anything else of a, of a monetary matter, you find Phil for Finance. Search Phil Anderson Financial Services online and on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn as well. Or why not email Phil a question that he can answer on a future show? His address is phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. That's phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. Send him your question and Phil could be answering it in an upcoming podcast. Be assured, we won't use a real name if that's what you prefer. It will be in complete confidence. Remember, if you found this useful, please rate and recommend us. And please subscribe on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Then you'll get us every week with the info that you want when you need it. And if you want to see Phil's lovely face, we have a video version as well, which you'll find on YouTube. We get all the links you need on Phil's social media. Good luck with your money as we find our way out of lockdown together. Phil's doing his best to help make that cash go further. The next time, we're looking at financial planning for families whether you're starting yours or you're adding to the brood we'll see you then thanks for listening 